Good morning. I'm your host, Claudia Shambaugh, welcoming you to the December 15, 2015 edition of Ask a Leader. UCI researcher of neuropharmacology, Amal Alachkar from Aleppo, Syria, returns to the program for the full hour to update us on the root causes and the deepening consequences of the Syrian displacement. We'll be right back after a short station break. Welcome back to the show. My guest for the whole hour is Amal Alachkar. She is a Syrian national and has taken her career in neuropharmacology here to UCI, where she is an assistant professor and a researcher. She earned her Bachelor's of Science at Aleppo University's School of Pharmacy and both her master's and PhD in neuroscience at the University of Manchester in the United Kingdom. She returned to Aleppo to teach and maintain a community practice of pharmacology. She left her Aleppo appointment in 2011 to relocate to a safer place, that is taking her Hubert Humphrey Fellowship with her to Penn State University. In 2012, she came to UCI as a visiting professor. She's published some 30 articles in international journals and is on a bit of a forced march to forums everywhere she can find them to raise awareness about what is happening. It is two days shy of exactly two years when she previously was my guest on this program. The picture was bleak then and has become all the more a catastrophe on our watch, folks. Welcome back to Ask a Leader, Amal Alachkar. Thank you very much. I'm really feeling so privileged to have you come and spend this whole hour with us. Let's begin with the important points you've made before. Actually, the actual nature of the conflict in Syria. Thank you very much, Claudia. What started as peaceful demonstrations, what started as gravity by kids on their school walls, turned, unfortunately, to the biggest, the largest humanitarian crisis since the Second World War. That's based on the United Nations. So the conflict, now I call it conflict, but we always call it revolution, uprising. Uprising is the word. Uprising, yeah. So inspired by the Arab Spring in Tunisia, Egypt, uh, Libya, so kids started um, writing on their school wall, uh, walls uh, the same statement, the same words that they heard a lot from Egypt uh, demonstrators like uh, topple the regime, we want more freedom, democracy. So those kids were arrested, were tortured. So that inflamed that the uh, revolution, people uh, started demonstrating, demanding more reforms, more dignity, uh, freedom, democracy. Unfortunately, the regime intensified the crackdown of the demonstrators shooting, uh, destroying houses of the uh, peaceful activists. And and by the regime, the Assad regime, the Alawite minority. Of course, the, minority. the uh, well, 
at that time, we didn't prefer to speak about any sectarian okay, part it. of this conflict. It's al-Assad. It was a family problem. Versus not the people. It's al-Assad family versus the Syrian people from all sects. We demonstrated in the street, holding the symbols of Christians, of uh, Jewish, of, of Muslims. So we were saying one, one, one. Syrians people are one. So it's al-Assad versus the people. And the casualties indeed at that time were from all sects, from all religions. So unfortunately, the, the violence uh, escalated uh, day by day. More uh, people demonstrated, but more people were killed. And that turned the situation to the crisis to the humanitarian crisis I just like want to give some statistics now well but be before the statistics I want for people to understand when violence is perpetrated on a civilian population by the regime it's not just violence uh, uh, the outward there there is a repression of a very sinister kind of torture and intimidation going on which is not palpable at uh, long distances but that was also what was going on which of course of course the the, the images of of Hamza al-Khatib the kid who was only 14 years old who was arrested and tortured to death i think i remember uh the the uh, department state secretary talked uh, about Hamza al-Khatib i remember that time that his body who was like full of bruises um so that tells about the, the br brutality of the regime against the peaceful demonstrators i remember some people their charge was only having their uh, video cameras or even their mobile phone to use it to uh video that the um, uh, demonstrations, the peaceful demonstration to show the world what's happening. So the penalty for them was torture to death. And there are really quite large number of these. So till now, the, the number of people who died under torture, so there are like more than 30,000 people. So can you imagine this number? It's not only number. Those are people who are dying slowly under torture. So that's one number of this, the, 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 the tragedy. So I can give you some more numbers. So the population yes. of Syria is 23 million. So of this number, there are 300,000 people were killed from 2011 till now. And the United Nations stopped counting the casualties Why? beginning of the January because they said well, it's too much. <laughs> it's too much or they're now beginning they, they casualties can't, they elsewhere. Can't. Exactly. And exactly. It's hard to keep. They, uh, so now like because like Syrian people are dying like by different <laughs> means like either by, by Al-Assad airstrikes now Russian airstrikes by ISIS okay. by the murders. So so it's 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 like so we have the, the the rough number it could be even much larger than this but those are that documented by like syrian uh, human rights uh, organizations so we have around 13 million of the population which is like half of the populations are displaced are refugees so out over of this, half even yes over half so around eight millions are internally displaced 
So they, they, they moved from one city to another. Unfortunately, they might be uh, then like attacked in, in this new refuge. They have to move to the third refuge internally. And that makes a lot of people now thinking of, of moving outside the country. So because some people ask like, what's happening? Why is the, the refugee crisis just like emerged recently? Indeed, it, it didn't. It, it, it happened from the beginning. But now like it's escalating. So we have around four and a half million Syrian refugees in the neighbor countries. In Turkey, around two millions. In Jordan, like one and a half million. Uh, in Lebanon, which is just like small country, now the Syrians are making up to 25% of the population, more than one million. So in Iraq, like about 500,000, in Egypt, like few thousands and so on. So in, in Europe, people who could make it to Europe through the sea, so around like 350,000. So we have to remember uh, that, that, that the image, the picture of Elan, the, the kid who was his bu whose body was found on the shore in, in Turkey. So that was one kid out of tens or even hundreds of kids who died on this very risky, very dangerous journey to, to Europe. So around 4,000 Syrian people lost their lives trying to escape the, the violence in Syria to Europe. So they couldn't make it. And uh, well, w if, if people ask like how Syrian people can risk their lives and risk their family's life on those like boats, small boats that like maybe 90% you're sure that you can't make it. So the father would tell you, well, if the land is safer to my children, so I would never risk their lives in the water. So, but anyway, they are dead here or there. So let's try there. We might have a chance to, to reach safer place, to reach where we can send our children to education. We have to know that around 4 million children out, are out of the schools now, out of the official schools. So it's a tragedy, it's a real tragedy. And when you, we, we come to this number, so like we have 12,000 children have been killed since 2011. So we have just like to, to Remember that those are not numbers. The, the problem with this crisis, with these large numbers, with this tragedy. So there is dehumanization of, of people, of, of Syrian people, because now Syrian people are just numbers. So for example, yesterday, only okay. 60 people were killed. In the weekend, 80 people were killed by, by Russian airstrike. So we have to think about those numbers and then like for each life, there is a family, there is a mother, there is father, there are sons. There are so siblings. There are siblings, of course. So, and then when, when we come to the refugee crisis, so it's only small piece of the huge picture of, of the, the huge tragedy. So remembering the, how many people killed and then the, 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 the refugees. So. I, what I feel, I feel really 
I don't know, I'm traumatized by the, the international yes. response to, to this crisis. I mean, when we come to the refugee, Syrian refugees um, resettlement in, in the United States, so there was debate about taking 10,000. Right, right. So, okay, I, I gave you all these numbers, 300,000 killed, 13 million, millions have been displaced. So, and then we come to the 10,000s. Uh, and then that created debate, should we take less or more? Uh, before Paris, I mean, the, the, the view was, no, let's take more. And there was the criticism for about like Obama's policies, like not making a lot to, to help the Syrian refugees. But then after Paris attack, uh, everything has changed. And changed on just like based on fear it's on toxic fear so if you take if you if you compare the number even before paris attack with the what european uh, nations are taking so germany uh is accepting is taking is or is willing committed to take eight hundred thousand syrian refugees right. uh canada already took around thirty eight thousand knowing that the population of Canada is one-tenth of the American population. So, so far, United States took around like 2,500, like roughly. So that makes that really like ask the question, I mean, there there is a problem. I, I see a problem with, with the response. Is it, okay, so based on fear, but we have to remember that those are not regular immigrants those are refugees that means they left their countries not for improving their financial their economical situation they f fled the the death to find safe place for their uh, for themselves and for their families so we can't uh, look at them as just regular immigrant regardless of what what like oh, we have to, to remember that the united states is a country of immigrants immigrants shaped this nation immigrant contributed to the science to to, to to building this nation and the greatness of america is because of its diversity so and now we come to discuss about those ten thousand uh refugees uh, and uh, the, the worst is even after uh, Paris attack uh, it's interesting that that all this um, that the, the Republican uh, candidates um, the Republican presidential, presidential candidates and, candidate. and actually all, all throughout the party wherever they're uh, running uh, for office that the, the, exactly. the Republican platform is exactly they based their um, logic on finding on this excuse finding syrian passport that was such an easy tactic i imagine that syrian stirred passport you to insanity in, that in the a sea. drop in a fake one right there wow it's really like now we have like in our social um, uh, media in, in syria well they knew that it's syrian refugee because they found like a a, like jar of magdus like it's very much syrian food oh funny because the attacker brought to show that i'm syrian refugee but unfortunately i mean so they based all this on on this excuse 
but it turned that there was no Syrian refugees. It was fake yeah. passport. Yeah. But I'm thinking of the impact of the effect that was left based it was so on easy. this small lie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just like there was Syrian refugees. And now, I mean, they, 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 they could post, like it was 10,000 refugee, but now they could even post this. Right. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to, to, to think of, uh, I mean, it's, it's a very high time now, indeed, like for Americans to reflect on, on what's happening. It's, it's, it should like shake the, the consciousness of the, the public on what's happening and how res respond humanly. Those like stop um, dehumanize that the Syrian refugees. I uh, mean, those are human beings who, who have families, who have lives, who a lot of them are educated, regardless of education, that they, they, they contribute to, to the global <laughs> world. I mean, and just like, don't turn your back on, on, on those uh, people who are in deep need. So otherwise, I'm telling you, like, if you compare the number of people who are uh, internally displaced and who choose to, to, to flee, you see that the majority are still there. And they are trying to, they, they move from one refuge to another, but they, they prefer to stay in the country. And I'm telling you, maybe more than 90% of people who fled outside the country, they would prefer to, to, to stay. Of course. If, if, th if they have like this is safe exactly if they have a safe place that they can go to in syria but the problem with with the escalating um violence they lost the hope i mean they look that we just like the the world forgot us we are dying every day and that now the major concern is about uh like how to deal with with this is part of the crisis it's not the whole crisis the refugees only part the the, the major part is we have uh, a brutal regime who's killing his own people in in syria and the the, the international uh, community should do something to help those people uh, to to also allow the the people who fled to go back to to uh, to, to live peacefully safely in in their countries I want to just take a moment for anybody who's just joined uh, here on Ask a Leader. My guest for this whole hour is Amal Alachkar, and she's a professor and researcher in neuropharmacology at UCI and a Syrian national, and she's taking her message about the refugee crisis on the road, and she's taken it into the Studio A where she joins me today. And we're talking about, this is a, you know, sort of the end of the year that, and uh, it's a Let's let's really take that opportunity to slow things down. Let's reflect, as you said, on a humanitarian note. I'm sure, Amal, that it must drive you absolute, to absolute insanity that uh, there is ample precedent in American policy history where we neglected refugees that were struggling and we have that bitter pill that we must keep swallowing. This is happening on our watch, and we had the 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 detainees, uh, um, Japanese-Americans. We, we returned um, Jews back to their deaths in Europe fr from boats that were uh, sailing up to uh, eastern seaboard ports. So it must, with those presidents, it must really uh, turn the screw for you as far as what can't we recognize that is comparable, if not 
even a larger order of magnitude in the Syrian refugee crisis now. Exactly. Indeed, like now start to see how much there is big similarity in the response that Syrian refugees are, are seeing and that the, what the Jewish, those the 900 who fled the Nazis uh, rule to the United States and then turned away to find that hundreds of them died under the, the Nazis uh, rule. So is, is it like really high time now to, to reflect on, on the American policies? I'm sure, I don't know, I feel this is not America. I, I have confidence of the resilience of the American ideals, but it's, it's time to, for all people who are silent just to stand because it's really, it's becoming dangerous. It's becoming dangerous on the, the American values, American idols. So people who, uh, this is not politics anymore. Yeah, I know like a lot of people yeah, here, true. and me too, I'm not politicians. But it is time to, to, to reflect. To, it's indeed to protect the humanitarian values, to the American values. So I really ask everyone who thinks that he or she can do something, can, can say that this is not what we are, who we are. This is not America that, uh, that's th the greatest of nation because of its diversity, because of its respect to all religions, all races. So I think also like it's, it's, it's becoming dangerous, but it, I feel like there is resilience in the um, American uh, ideal and they will win this battle. So for context to give everybody an opportunity to deepen their reflection about what mm -hmm. is happening, the first appearance here on Ask a Leader, you were talking about the, we'll call it the sort of social infrastructure, the everyday kind of, uh, the, the educational and uh, the health care, the various care delivery systems were all collapsing at the time you were appearing here, at sometime between when you left in the summer uh, of uh, 2011 and uh, when you were here in December of 2013. That was that was a collapse of one kind, but every time I, I open up any daily newspaper that of, of any consequence, there is now a collapsed landscape. There, I, can't, I can't find a dwelling that I could make my home in those collapsed apartment buildings in what were, I mean, never mind there was an aesthetic, um, a well-settled, sophisticated civilization in those cities in those urban areas but but now there it's just a matter there's no place even to dwell so there's a collapse of all life as we would know it in there and people are and so th this gives a, a context to how rational it is for a refugee just to up and leave that whole place exactly exactly i mean i i remember in 2013 i mean it was uh above my understanding how how the, the, the this nation went in this escalating violence and how now i can really say it is civil war i hate to say that okay and we, it we, did pass we over. Tried, when did it cross the line 
Well, because now people might be killed just based on their sects. Okay. So on, on their right. religions. Right. So it, it, I, I, we, we try to avoid reaching this point, but unfortunately that because uh, of, of the long-term struggle there, so it turned into a civil war. So two years ago I said, well, we went too far, I mean, with, with the destruction of the infrastructure, of the health, of the education. Uh, but I didn't imagine that there is worse. And in the last two years, mm. it seemed that every aspect of life just collapsed. I know people there, they leave, they don't know if they go out of their house, if they are coming back or not. You know, and th they are struggling. And of course, that I think for any human being, that's enough reason to rationalize leaving the country because at the end, if, if I have children to care about as any, so we, we have to, to mention that people here who are, they have to feel lucky that they are oh, in so this lucky. safe part we of the no world. We have no idea. I mean, what, what's the, if you think of people who are, who are trying to, to get out of, of the hell there, what's their fault? So some, it's our fault that we demanded more democracy, more freedom. But I thought like that's the, the right of any human being. And that's what all the, the international nations uh, brag about. Like it's, it's, it's a human right. So then you are insulting people who fled for this reason. That's why I feel I'm traumatized because what makes me proud of being Syrian because we did in the beginning of the revolution we thought that's something we, we can't make it because in our memory there is the, the massacres that happened in the 80s by the father al-Assad right against his own people so we said like what happened in Egypt and Tunisia is very difficult to happen here because we have this brutal regime but the unthinkable happened in Syria and we made it. So I came here to the United States proud of being one of those people who could make it in this difficult time, the unthinkable. And now for the same reason, I feel I'm insulted because demanding freedom makes you rabid dog. Yeah. So that's, I feel that's shameful. Like if, 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 if you describe a person who fled for dignity, for freedom, so you accuse them as terrorists, they escaped the terrorism. They fled the death. So you, Amal, we're going to have a Republican presidential debate in Las Vegas. It'll be televised this evening. Is there a sort of a, um, a kind of a crib sheet, a cue card you would like to take listeners who are listening uh, today before the, if, if you're listening to it on Tuesday live, uh, the show, uh, whether, what to bring to the, listening to that debate, the kind of language that um, you would like to sort of fortify the listener, sort of inoculate them against getting swept in there that sort of calls, calls it when, um, you know, mm -hmm. the, the, the bellicose uh, pandering 
kicks into high gear. <laughs> so as educator uh, in Syria and here, I always um, enforce that critical thinking. Yeah. I don't so really think we've been hearing always, that in any of their debates. I always tell my students I'm only one source information. Okay. Yeah. And I'm more like facilitator. It's your responsibility to find answers to your questions. You have to be self-learner. You have, there are different sources. Of course, you have to know to, how to find that verified, the valid sources of information. Then you base your abstract on evidence. So I'm researcher, I'm scientist, so I do evidence-based learning, evidence-based research. So when I build my hypothesis and I'm doing mm -hmm. research in neuropsychopharmacology, so I put the uh, background, the, the evidences to, to build up, to rationalize my hypothesis. So what we are hearing, so I, I tell you some lies. So just like I don't know if they want to encourage the, the ignorance, but I mean, the, the, the data, the information are everywhere. We just like open now, I mean, Google any information you can find. Anything. Exactly. So saying that Obama is um, willing to take uh, 100 or 200,000 of Syrian refugees, the number is 10,000. Although the United Nations uh, numbers for for the share for for United States is twenty thousand. So, so and then uh, Syrian refugees are terrorists. Uh, so far, among the four mil four and a half million Syrian refugees in the neighbor countries and in Europe, there was no single terrorist attack by Syrian refugee. So then you you can repeat that if you want. Yeah. No. No none. single none single terrorist attack was done by Syrian refugees. We have four and a half million Syrian refugees. So those people are running out of death. They are escaping death. They are fleeing the terrorists. So that as if like you are giving message, go back to your fate in, in, in Syria to the, to the ISIS or, or to al-Assad regime. And Amal, when we're talking about what's going on internally in Syria, if you could help us understand life, what it's like right now. <laughs> somebody in Homs wants to communicate with somebody outside of Homs. It's, there's the, the movement, I think, is very, uh, it's very uh, slowed down. But is there... A, is there a way they're able to communicate with each other and so they know what's going on they have i mean information is everything to know what what your next move is how mm -hmm. to survive mm -hmm. in something as mm -hmm. catastrophic as this setting is how how is that communication so, working if, if you look at the uh, how things um uh happened and the, the how, how the, it, it things changed from 2011 to yes. 2015 so in in some uh, time there was uh, as if like uh, intensifying the attitudes to to each other. So they the rebels and the regime 
uh, they try to take as much, to, to control as much of the territory, to enforce their own conditions. So now I think it is time that all parties are tired. People in Syria are tired. And we have to know, and it's all over the history, so nothing come by violence. So people have to sit together to communicate, uh, to find a resolution for this uh, crisis. Unfortunately, in Syria, mm. it is more complicated than any other conflict because of the foreigner uh, interference. So we have Russia, who's supporting al-Assad, who is launching airstrikes. Uh, they claim that it's against ISIS, but indeed the pictures are showing children. They are The pictures are showing women those are not ISIS, and where the airstrike are yes, the taking place mm -hmm. are not where ISIS is, and we know where ISIS is. So indeed, Russia is attacking all the moderate free army. Exclusively? That's against, is exclusively, wow. that, those groups that are against al-Assad, because simply Russia is supporting al-Assad, right. saving al-Assad. So then you have from the other uh, side, Iran, and we know that there are hundreds of Iranian soldiers in Syria uh, fighting in uh, al-Assad uh, side. So this is why. Then you have and, like Saudi, Wahhabis. Yeah, Saudi, Saudi Arabia. Arabia right. They claim that they are supporting Syrian people, but I am not waiting to get support for my freedom and dignity from dictatorships. No, from not quite. From a regime that doesn't respect the human rights in their country. So don't tell me... Saudi Arabia, that y you are helping. And so far, you are not taking even Syrian refugees. It, you, That's you right, they're not. You can't imagine that they just like kick out a lot of, of, of Syrian families. They are even like Syrians who are joining their families in, 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 in Saudi Arabia. Now they are not allowed. Now it's like the Syrian passport in, in, in the Arab Gulf is the one that you would never think of having visa stamp on it wow. to enter any of these countries. So, and I, I think that that might be uh, based on their fear uh, of inciting their own people <laughs> to demand more freedom, uh, more democracy in these countries. So what, going back to, to the situation, so, I mean, it's very complicated, but at the end, I think uh, that the all parties should uh, sit together, uh, we have to, to admit that there won't be any resolution for this crisis unless, unless. people come together and unless all um, uh, parties, all um, population uh, categories, uh, rights are preserved in the future Syria. So it, uh, for those of you who've just joined us, my guest for this whole hour is Amal Alachkar, and she is speaking as a Syrian national today. She is also an, a neuropharmacologist researcher and visiting professor here at UCI. And I, speaking of this sort of Russian component, is it sort of a the strategy, do you think, to empty out in terms of killing or displacing the moderate uh, element in uh, Syrian society 
so that the playing field is so far tipped into the Alawite uh, Assad uh, regime that when negotiations may finally enter, there won't there won't be a, an invigorated, vital sort of moderate negotiating position. Exactly, exactly. It's it's just like uh, to uh, have impact on the power balance to increase the weight of, of the regime when they come to the negotiation. Of course, I mean, if you are showing, for, for example, Putin said there is uh, no free army, no Syrian free army. There are no moderates. They all are terrorists. And actually, he is recalling what al-Assad is saying. Yeah. From the beginning, right, al-Assad right. said, well, all these groups are Wahhabis or, or terrorists, Islamists. And indeed, he he is denying that there are at least 60,000 or 50 to 60,000 of those um, uh, groups who just defected from the Syrian army. Mm. Those, that was the beginning of the uh, of founding the, the, uh, Sir, the Free Syrian Army. It was founded by soldiers who defected, who refused the orders to shoot the, the, the demonstrators, civilians. exactly right. the civilians, they they couldn't make it, so they were either killed or they they could defect to f to establish this uh, Syrian Free Army. So Putin is is recalling, is is repeating what Al Assad is saying. So and what what he what they are doing, what Russia is doing exactly is is to empty the the field uh, to say then oh you see we don't have moderate. Uh, groups, they all are ISIS. Uh, so, and that, of course, like gives the the um, Assad stronger uh, stronger position in the um, talks, in the peace talks. Amal, I'd like to know: Do you uh, see, though? Uh, do you experience that in the the now sort of becoming expat community of Syrian moderates? Are they preparing outside of the country to? be involved in negotiations? Is there a, a, a concerted effort to start working on that process outside of the country? Well, indeed, I mean, they, they started long time ago. I mean, we have the um, uh, National Coalition uh, and they have the, the military uh, uh, wing, but those are, uh, and indeed there's the, the, the transit government in exile in in Turkey I mean okay. there, there there's like a lot of people in in Turkey who are involved in in, in this um, either the, the peace talk or, or the and th they, they indeed they have uh, their own uh, activities in in the right. uh, areas in the regions in Syria where the the rebel took the control and when we're talking about different entities that are uh, where this, the fighting occurs within Syria, I, I want to take a moment here for you to give us a bit of uh, vocabulary that we can better work from. And I struggle. I do not know what to call mm -hmm. the militant entity that's fomenting inside and outside of Syria. I, ISIS, ISIL, Daesh, I don't know Arabic to know what any one of those words sounds like on Arabic ears. Mm -hmm. Can you break down some of the, uh, the sure. terms that you prefer to use yourself that we need to incorporate into our discussions. Mm -hmm. Just like to tell you uh, something. Yes. If, if anyone, uh, Syrians say about this group, Daesh, <laughs> they would be punished by ISIS. 
because that's they think that that's insulting. It's pejorative. Okay, what does it yeah. sound like to them? Uh, Daesh is exactly what ISIS is, like the Islamic, uh, the, the, the Arabic uh, uh, translation of the Islamic State in Iraq and Sham. Sham is Syria. Okay. So, so yeah, ISIS. But indeed, I can tell you that it's uh, not Islamic and it's not state. And it will, it didn't, and it will never uh, be an Islamic state as they, they imagine these, in these two countries. So, but we have to, to remember that ISIS didn't start in Syria. No, they were in it Iraq. In Iraq, after the American invasion. So this group. But in 2013, and because uh, the borders now are open to any uh, fighters <laughs> to, to, to and fight. And the platforms and are exactly. alive and well recruiting exactly. with the help of. So it's, it's like a trap <laughs> yeah. to attract all extremists to, to, to this uh, region. Disaffected. So exactly. So then when, when we speak about ISIS and fighting ISIS and we send all these um, uh, air forces uh, to... to, to uh, attack there we have to remember and we have to address the uh, root of the problem so if i give you some numbers of okay so isis um is is not syrian like people in syria have nothing to do with with isis uh, uh isis killed from syrian more than they killed from any international uh, citizens. So so far, like they they killed seven or eight thousand Syrians. But we have to put this number in the three hundred thousand people who right. were killed. So we'll see that the regime is responsible for the the vast majority of the casualties in Syria. And if we remember that the regime is the reason. So ISIS is phenomenon. It is a vac an, for the vacuum. Exactly, it's it's an effect. But the reason is al-Assad. So if we want really to find permanent resolution for the crisis, we have to address the problem and its roots, and it's al-Assad. So instead of supporting Syrian people uh, and their fight against al-Assad, we see that the international uh, communities, they are asking Syria to stop now looking at al-Assad, help us fight ISIS. But like for Syrians, okay, yes, ISIS and al-Assad, they both are our enemies. But if we get rid of al-Assad, ISIS has no place in Syria. So, and so this is why um, I feel now like even changing the position of al-Assad from losing his legitimacy in in last two years, from now having him as partner of the war against terrorism, that indeed uh, is very much concerning yes. to all Syrian population. Right. So as if like there is message to the Syrians. So. It's it's really bitter to say it, but people there, if you want, you have to choose either dictatorships 
or being undignified. <laughs> so do, do we really have to, to, to choose one of these? Wow. And now do we need really need to choose either ISIS or Assad? So we deserve better life. We deserve as any human beings uh, to feel, uh, to, to, to live in dignity. And indeed, that's what we, we, we started our revolution, chanting in the streets, we live in dignity or we die in dignity. Unfortunately, Syrians now feel there's, uh, not only we didn't live in dignity, but now we are dying, but in, in dignity. And the world is just watching us dying every day. And as if like, even the, those who are is trying to escape this death, they are, uh, they have been treated as uh, unhuman, like in very much dehumanization uh, way. Just, I mean, in the word choice, sometimes I take, keep track of, of uh, the kind of verbs that are used to describe, they're not people that are washing up, they're, I mean, they're, they're something else, something subhuman. So that, exactly. that dignity keeps playing over and over in the, in the press. Well, I think we have, um, we have our work cut out for us. We have reflection to uh, come, all of us to come to an understanding of what this displacement looks like. What we, we've got to see more about what it looks like, what it feels like as you're so ably explaining and articulating to us. Uh, I'd like to, uh, I know that largely the Syrians are settling in the LA area, the Chicago area, Detroit, and Allentown and Riverside, California, I understand, are uh, some, uh, also some pockets there. So I, Amal Alachkar, could you give us some idea of what are some good examples to follow mm -hmm. in terms of aiding resettling sure. Syrians? Sure. I would say the first thing we can do is showing compassion. So that's what the first thing that Syrian refugees need. They need to rehumanize them. They need to, to feel sympathy about them. Those people are not Relate. regular, exactly, uh, immigrant. So those people fled from death. So that's before even thinking of what we can do, just like changing our attitude towards those people. And then, of course, uh, accepting uh, these, uh, those people in, in, in the community, uh, showing <coughs> the welcoming. I was so happy that before the Paris attack, there was like this um, campaign showing like, uh, show your welcome to the Syrian refugees. Like th there are like different cities people just like signing up that uh, we welcome Syrian refugees. Uh, but did this attitude decreased uh, dramatically after the uh, after Paris attack. And um, now there, there is chance to 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 re uh, show that the Syrian refugees that they are welcome. And <coughs> sorry. And uh, of course, uh, what what the not only uh, Irvine community can do what what UCI Please, can lay it do. All out. Yeah. Okay. So 
those refugees are the majority of those refugees are in the um, age uh, of the education so uh, a lot of students left the country because they couldn't finish their studies in Syria and it's becoming very dangerous to go to the, to the university because they might be caught in the checkpoints and be I can't even imagine that infrastructure even exists, but there are still sure, yeah. universities, systems. But a kind of university. But, but a shell but of one. Indeed, yeah. I, I can wow. tell you. I mean, a lot of uh, departments are empty now, uh, yes. including my department. Right. So uh, what, what the UCI can do, uh, that's what, what other uh, American institutes did, um, providing scholarships to, to students taking uh, a number of, of uh, Syrian students uh, or like uh, making some discounts of the uh, tuition fees. Uh, that might be also applied to Syrian scholars, professors. Uh, we have to, just like I want to remind you, the, this, the uh, humans in New York or of New York, the showing this one of the Syrian refugees who is the scientist who is professor in Turkey uh, and that actually sparked a lot of uh, attention to who might be the refugees so the refugees are people who like thousands of them lost some of their family members who lost their works some of them are are highly educated they are professors they, they, they are um, graduates from like all, all kinds of, of, of uh, um, studies field. So uh, those people need to be uh, reintegrated to a society where they can pursue their, their career, where students can finish or continue their uh, studies. So now it's high time for UCI uh, to do what other uh, American universities. Well, I'm, I'm lucky and I'm very much thankful and grateful for UCI because I've been here, this is my fourth year in UCI. The first two years I was supported by the, uh, the Scholar Rescue Fund okay, yes. um, fellowship, but with matching fund from UCI. But in the last two years, indeed, I was merely supported by UCI until the end of this uh June of this uh, of 2016. Year. Okay. Yeah. So, but th there's always like um, chance that to help other professors and uh, other scholars and other uh, students. So now, with regard to the uh, what can the, the Irvine community do? There are a lot of uh, organizations that are involved and please in, in, let's in, list them all in, in helping uh, Syrian refugees. I just like want to give that that the. Um, like the, the largest one, the, the United Nations Refugee Agencies, they have very nice website. Uh, it's very much uh, straightforward. You, you go and you, you like provide donation. And there's the International Rescue Committee, IRC. So also this is uh, very much engaged in, in helping uh, Syrian. In addition, there's like uh, the, the Syrian American uh, Medical Society. SAMS. Is, uh, yeah. SAMS. Yeah, there. If you that this provides uh, medical aids to refugees, and they they build hospitals in 
uh, neighbor countries to help Syrian refugees. They send doctors, uh, volunteer doctors, to, to the neighbor countries. Uh, there's also the Institute of the International Education, uh, which they provide uh, scholarships and fellowship, and uh, particularly scholar rescue fund fellowship. So if you are interested in, in uh, helping Syrian scholars and uh, Syrian students to continue their studies so you can uh, uh, help and you, you support these uh, organizations. And I think one other thing I'd like to ask whether it's also a possibility. Amal Achkar, are you also available to speak at different forums around here? Oh, sure. At locally, at sure. whether it's places of worship, sure. schools, I secondary... I don't know, even sure. primary education. I, I just like was uh, one month ago in Texas. Yes. Uh, in uh, Texas Christian University in a panel. I was uh, How panelist. did that go? How? It went very well. Okay. I was really amazed. And I even participated in, in one class. And I met with students like for one hour. And uh, I was really amazed with the, the sympathy and how... Uh, like my, my speaking, my discussions with people changed the attitude or, or even like they, they, they got some knowledge from like firsthand Right, right. No, no more, not hearing from the, the, the Governor Abbott who's just trying to turn away anybody Well, that doesn't look like a white well, Southern Christian. Well, I spoke Christian. with people in, in university and indeed like even with people from the community there. Uh, so it, it was really amazing. Uh, but I... I for me, it is my moral responsibility to raise awareness about what's happening in my country as Syrian scholar and as human being, because uh, the crisis is really uh, above our imagination. And I'm sure like if, if people just like look closely to what's happening, that might change a lot. That might really uh, make a lot of changes here. We're talking about your changing hearts and minds of uh, a public that's getting too simplistic a message uh, in our regular media. I, I want to close with one. We have so little time left, but I want to close with one last. It's, it's a huge question, however, and we may get to have you back and reflect on that uh, a bit more. But do you allow yourself to think of a return to Syria? Well, when I came here, I thought I'm staying here for 10 months and that was I'm in 2011 you said that exactly yeah well we still like for the last three years we have this uncertainty in our life that well at any time if things go better there we will go yeah for sure I can say if I find it safe place I will go back because then I'll have even more than that it's my country but I have responsibility to participate in rebuilding this country. Wow. I want to thank you, Amal Alachkar, for coming into the studio with me to lay it all out there. And I hope that this gives everybody listening now, before the Republican presidential candidates debate tonight in Las Vegas, over the holidays, when you're thinking of what kind of humanitarian aid you can contribute, what you can contribute in your own everyday conversations, and what you can read about uh, where 
where inroads are being made, where dignity can be deepened and, and acknowledged for all of our fellow man. Amal Alatkar, she is a neuropharmacology researcher and visiting professor and visiting, and we hope she can be here as long as she has to be. I, I want to thank you so much for being on Ask a Leader. And as we play out this beautiful piece that you just uh, sent to me, tell me who's the artist. And uh, and I, when you watch this, uh, there's there's a, a, a picture montage. It probably is beckoning those places, that civilization that you recall. What's the name of the artist? Well, the singer is uh, Fairuz. She's very <gasps> famous. Fairuz. Oh, okay. She's a Lebanese artist. Yeah. But the song is dedicated to Syria. And as you see, all these pictures are from my country, from Syria. But just to, to translate the first two words, uh, it says, take me back to my land. Okay. Well, that's the pointed idea here with this offering. I want to thank you, Amal, for coming on all your generous offering of time here and on the road. And I will... Put on the podcast summary a place where you can be contacted if someone wants your special speaking engagement to be arranged. Thank you very much. All for the best. And to you, a better year in 2016, a much better year. Thank you very much. Well, that was my wrap. Next week, I'm going to treat you with a mix of cultural fare available for savoring over the couple days that you might get to take off over the holidays. Talk with you next week. Thank you, everyone, for listening. <laughs>